0: Hello everyone, this is Trevor with T-Time Reports. Thank you for tuning in to another film review on the, on the podcast. Greatly appreciated for all the support. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and threads, at T-Time Reports. Um, any follow, comment, like is grateful. Any growth of the, the pod, the channel, the show, whatever you want to call this, um, is greatly appreciated and definitely noticed. Um, today I have a very interesting movie I want to talk about. Touched up on it earlier on in the podcast a while ago didn't give it its own episode, um, but it it definitely needed its own. This film is called Tigerland. Um, this came out in 2000. It's an hour and 49 minutes. The Rotten Tomato tomato score meter is 77% and the audience score is 71%. Um, go over some critic consensuses. Um, According to Tom Meek of Cambridge Day, uh, it's nothing like the first half of Full Metal Jacket, but an intriguing companion watch, I agree. Um, James Path from Movie Metropolis, I wouldn't put Tigerland in the top ranks of war movies, but it's solid second-tier entry that makes you think about the characters. Um, according to Eric Mellon from Farrell Colin Farrell is the best thing about the film, which veers into over-sentimentally, quite a bit for a film that's shot for with such a gritty aesthetic I agree with that it does have its own style um, very gritty I like that I like that word it seems very like raw and authentic the entire film but some more facts on it it is rated R um, the director was Joel shoemaker one of the better directors of our time um, he's done films like um, phone booth. In 2002, I really liked that movie. Obviously, Tigerland. He did um, A Time to Kill, Batman Forever, um, Flatliners in 1990, which is kind of like a lot of people like that movie. Uh, The Lost Boys, uh, Interiors, he did Car Wash in 1976. He's made some good movies, but also some really bad ones. Uh, In this century, he hasn't really done much um, at all. Besides maybe The Phantom of the Opera in 2004. And then he went, eh, yeah, Phone Booth is probably the best thing he's done. And then Bad Company wasn't bad. But Tigerland might be his best like movie, in my opinion. Like When it comes down to like authenticity and just the filmmaking process, I think it might be his best work. Um, but definitely shout out to Joel Shoemaker. The producers were Aaron Milken and Bo, uh, Bo Flynn and Stephen Haft. Uh, The writers were Ross Claven, Michael McGuther, and the release date for theaters was September 13th, 2000. The release date for streaming was March 1st, 2013, which is insane. 13 years later, people finally were able to see it across the board. Um, Box office gross in the United States was only 139.3 thousand dollars. That is awful. Um, Runtime again about an hour and 50 minutes, about two hours. The distributor was 20th Century Fox. Production companies were Regency Entertainment, Kirch Media, New Regency Pictures, and Haft Entertainment. The sound mix was Surround, Dolby SR, Dolby Digital, and Dolby Stereo. And aesthetic ratio was Flat. So really cool to kind of break down some of the facts. I'm going to go over, before I go over um, individual performances by the actors and actresses, I'd like to talk about the movie summary slash info. Um, 1971. A nation stands divided over the escalating war in Vietnam. Thousands of young Americans lie dead on foreign soil, and at Fort Polk, Louisiana, thousands more prepare to join them. The specter of combat hangs over the men of A Company, 2nd Platoon, as they enter the final stage of infantry training. They will be sent to war, but each man deals with the prospect in his own way. One man's defiance, however, galvanizes every member of the platoon. And pretty much... (laughs) I'll break it down. Colin Farrell plays Boz. And I I love Colin Farrell in this. He's a legit renegade, loose cannon, doesn't give a fuck. He literally is thinking in the grand scheme of things, like, is this war worth it for me to go die and disappear in a jungle for? And he tries to convince everyone in his unit to essentially try and get honorably discharged and get hurt so they don't have to go fight. Um, Kind of cowardice, but also smart. You know, and 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 all. (laughs) If you were in that situation, what would you do? But Boz is a really interesting character. He's kind of like a free spirit, open-minded, all about the adventure. You know, he plays things loose, and I really enjoy that about Boz. I, I like that about him. He's kind of a, you know, he doesn't give a fuck, but he also like genuinely understands how the world works in his own way, and I really appreciate that about how like full circle his character is. And Colin Farrell delivered. One of his best performances of his entire career, for sure, in this film. And then Matthew Davis played Paxton. Pretty much Colin Farrell's, uh, a.k.a. Boz's, like, right-hand man who... He tried to save him, and Matthew Davis played Paxton, and Paxton was like a writer. He was writing the story of all this, and he was kind of the narrator of the entire movie as well, which he did really well with that. Kind of a big role. Um, Clifton Collins Jr. played Miter. Really good to see him in uh, kind of a lead role, uh, if you will. One of the big three of the film. Really enjoy his accent and his overall character acting throughout time. I mean, he's been in so many really good movies that have um, gone under the radar, you know, and he's been able to add to that because he does add that depth to the cast and he does a really good job portraying whatever character is written for him, in my opinion. Um, Tom Geary plays Private Cantwell, a really good performance by him. Sean Wiggum uh, plays Wilson. The main antagonist of the film, and I want to talk about him. Um, really great performance. You may know him from the Death Note movie, The Dad. You may know him from Kong Skull Island. This guy, he, he's been throughout cinematic history, and whatever role he's in, he's captivating. And this, he's kind of like a deranged, revenge-craving asshole. And Boz one-ups him so many times where he just kind of crashes out. And during a training simulation, he puts live ammo in his gun and uh, tries to kill Boz. And instead he wounds other people and obviously makes himself look like a complete piece of shit who lost all control on reality. Um, and I just really thought that Shea Wiggum really portrayed that well as Wilson. Um, so shout out to him. One of my favorite you know, side actors probably of all time for sure. And then Russell Richardson plays Johnson. Pretty solid acting by him. Cole Hauser, is staff sergeant, Coda, who, who kind of leaves a mark in this movie, in my personal opinion. Really solid performance. Uh, honestly, early on in Cole Hauser's career, but still almost as if, like, he chose this role, he handpicked it, and I'm glad that he was in this film, because he adds that veteran presence, and he genuinely... Him and Colin Farrell, when they, you know, go have their banter, it's really fucking awesome. It's priceless. Um, Matt Gerald plays Sergeant Evelyn. Everyone knows... Not everyone knows who this guy is, but you, you probably do know who he is. He's been in a lot of movies, um, a lot of Tom Cruise movies here and there. Let me see, I'll just... Not a big actor, I don't know why I'm diving into this, but like he, he had a really good performance in this film. He's been in the Avatar, he was in the Avatar movie, as well as the Avatar Way of Water. Um, he was also in Rampage. He was also in um, San Andreas, Escape Plan, Um He's been in some TV shows as well, Hawaii Five-0, NCIS Los Angeles, shit like that, Uh, The Shield, CSI, you know, stuff like that, but he's a really good, you know, kind of, like I said, depth side actor, and he adds that element of, again, veterancy to the cast, and he kind of really takes this character and makes it his own, and I really always appreciate it about him and especially actors of his caliber that aren't ever going to be like that main star but are able to add that element of okay this guy's still adding his own personal touch to the character and when he's on screen he's captivating he's memorable it's impactful to the story and i like it i like that about some of these actors like cole hauser like matt gerald but overall this movie in my opinion definitely deserves a nine out of ten um it is really overall like a really well put together and composed film um the aspect of like They're comparing, you know, this boot camp and this training simulation to the war, and then Boz the entire time is just questioning everyone's, not only loyalty, but, you know, their determination of the cause. Like, are you prepared to go die in Vietnam for no reason? And I thought that aspect of the film was really, you know, pushed and portrayed very well. You know, learning what people were thinking or at least kind of imagining what people were thinking when they were in boot camp, getting ready to go fight in the jungle. And, um, and go listen to the ballad of uh, Sharon Frielkara, my grandmother. She talks about how she knew a little boy when she was younger who was, uh, she used to play with him, you know, out in the yard and out behind their house and stuff with her little sisters and stuff. And um, and he was terrified of the woods, like going into the, the jungle. They would call it the jungle, this little, you know, mot, you know, little kind of tree. Area treat an area. He was terrified of going in there, and um, he would he used to, he used to cry during playing hide and seek in there. And he went over and disappeared in Nam. And um, mom even my mom even had uncle uncle uh, Buddy, uh, her older brother, uh, disappear in Nam. So I mean, a lot of a lot of weird stuff went on in Nam, and it definitely wasn't a war of the people. It wasn't anything productive. Um, and obviously, knowing all of that in retrospect, this movie hits even harder. <clears throat> knowing that so many people died for nothing. And it was just genuinely because probably misinformation, but also to align agendas, fill pockets of elites, who knows what the true reasons of invading Vietnam were and sending so many of our young guys over there to die, essentially. But the really full circle moment was uh, Paxton, that was, I was talking about, uh, he was like writing his whole story going into boot camp and all of his ex- uh, experiences and kind of narrating the whole process and narrating what was going on with Boz. And um, Boz literally got his uh, hand broken, uh, Paxson's hand broken, I think on purpose so that he could be dishonorably discharged and not have to go fight to essentially save his life. And, uh, you know, as Boz was in the he literally, the entire film, he was trying to do everything he could to not go, but instead he helped multiple people out along the way that he knew would not be able to survive in Nam, to get out of the military as fast as they possibly could, without being, you know, you know, dishonorably discharged, at least they were, you know, medically cleared, he was able to get that and finesse the system, but he just couldn't do it for himself, because every time he tried to do it for himself, something popped up, he had to help a friend, he had to you know, make sure everyone was okay, he was a very caring character, and then at the end, he's in the bus with all the guys about to get shipped off, and he looks out the window and grabs Paxton's notebook, and just starts ripping it up, not in a mean way, but he's like, you can never tell this story, because no one will understand it, and uh, then Paxton go on, he went on to say, I got all my pages off the ground, at least most of them, but you know, Boz, I tried to reach him after the war, and no one ever heard of him again. And I heard from a couple guys that came back, said he was over there in the jungle, living a, living his free life, living a free-spirited life. And I, I thought the ending was wholesome and perfect. I just thought the writing overall was just fantastic. It had to be. There wasn't any actual big conflict or war scenes in the film. It's all about training, the training process. So it's a lot of drama, a lot, a lot of dialogue, the writing had to be good to keep it interesting, and it really was interesting throughout the entire film. A little long, but honestly, I feel like it was just the right amount of time to portray this story. And I talked about it a little earlier, but the, com- the composition of the, the entire story, the writing, the merging of the writing and the editing is really what I love about filmmaking more than anything, besides maybe cinematography. But I thought that just how this movie was put together from top to bottom was absolutely amazing, um, it is one of my favorite, you know, war movies, I think I can safely say, of all time. It is incredibly gritty. It's raw. It's uh, It focuses not only on just the characters and the dialogue, but the nature around them. The, the creek, the water, the trees, some little animals and insects here and there. And it, and it does focus on that aspect of the life aspect of the story. Like, when you're actually talking about war, there's life and death involved. And, you know... I talked about this a little bit when we were watching The Fin Red Line. It's another great movie. I'd love to do a review on it. But focusing on the nature that's going to be affected and destroyed and have to adjust and adapt after a war, after a conflict of humans you know, throwing explosives and firing tons of ammunition at each other, destroying the habitat, is also something that I really enjoyed um, when some filmmakers are able to make that a focal point or at least a backdrop almost where it's very relevant to notice like oh my god there was crocodiles there look at those birds they're gorgeous i hope they get out of-. you know like just shit like that like i really appreciate that aspect of it because you're dropping in not only just more context of the setting but you're making me care for the scenery and obviously in war things just get destroyed and there's so much death and carnage um and that kind of aspect of it, showing that in the film in um, and, and Tigerland was really important. And I think it's called Tigerland not only because the training ground they went to, their final training ground they went to was called Tri- Tigerland. It was like a course they had to do to, you know, kind of get ready to go into infantry combat. Um, but I also think it was supposed to be like one of those kind of you know symbolic names like you earn your stripes there, and if you can't, then you don't belong there, you know, and I thought that was pretty powerful, and I thought just overall the whole spirituality aspect of the film, especially with Boz's character when he was go- when he would go on his tangents on why the military industrial complex is ruining in normal people's lives because the more war we get, you know it's just even back then you know that kind of perspective was put into people's heads because. Things were getting more and more corrupt as long as you know time went along, and we see that more and more now, especially with the invasion of the Middle East in the 2000s, and then obviously just recently the complete fuck up of Afghanistan. We've all we've all throughout time, no matter what generation you've been in, you've seen a, a disgusting error on the United States government's part um, saying that Vietnam had weapons of mass destruct- destruction, or whatever, like, this is just insane, the fact that that's an excuse to go destroy a country, its environment, its habitat, its nature, disrupt the way of life and society, it's crazy, and this show, th- I mean, this movie, honestly, in all retrospect and, like, Put everything together, the lesson of this movie is to, like, genuinely, we shouldn't be minding our own business. When you break it down, like, things wouldn't happen if you didn't do that first domino flip in the first place type shit. I just think that's a crucial point of this movie that kind of makes me really think about not just war, but just life in itself. Because life is a series of choices and decisions and gambles and whatever you want to call it, but... You really got to make the right one to make sure you don't go down the wrong path. And a lot of guys in this movie wind up going down the wrong path, but Boz is able to help them out and set them straight to make sure that they're going to be okay and be able to get home to their families. And, you know, maybe not the cleanest way to do it, but he does secure their lives, man. He doesn't let them go to a place he knows just because of experience. He's able to judge that for himself. Like, oh, this guy's not going to be able to make it two nights in that jungle. You know, he's breaking down out here. Let me help him out. And then he'll literally go to that soldier and be like, hey, uh, do you want to get out of here? And if he does, then he'll help him out. And he did that for a couple guys until the actual drill sergeant started catching on and then made his life a living hell. So he had to overcome adversity so much throughout the film and show how strong he was as a character just so that he, you know, maybe it was kind of like a, a prove it thing for himself. But I feel like he just did it out of the good, like the generosity in his heart. Um, helping those people wasn't something he had to do and you call it help and you can call it you know helping people be a coward but honestly it's you know live or die you know and some people are going to choose live and most people will choose live and if you have someone to get you out of that jam then why not ask Boz and I love the name Boz like that's a cool character one of his most iconic characters shout out to Colin Farrell Again, Phone Booth is another movie that came out around this time, around 2002, so two years after this movie, with the same director. Um, Really, really good performances in the early 2000s. I really enjoyed Colin Farrell's work um, before, I guess, 2010. He kind of... Started going in a different direction. I really like In Bruges. I love Phone Booth, and I, I love this movie, Tigerland. And if you have not seen Tigerland, I thoroughly recommend that you do. It is worth the watch. It is worth your time. It is incredibly gritty, well written, well shot with a with an authentic kind of vibe for the camera work. Um, and then the music is pretty good as well. You know when it needs to be, when it actually needs to amplify the emotion or the tone of that scene or exchange. Or the transition from you know setting to setting or so on and so forth. But I really do believe that the composition, the editing, the writing, everything about this movie is stellar. And I do believe that it's worth your watch. And I think it's definitely more than a 77% on the tomato meter. This movie should easily be like a 79 to 82%. And in my opinion, this movie is a nine out of ten for those facts that I laid out for you. But overall, I think Colin Farrell definitely knocked this, this film out of the park. Joel Shoemaker, probably his best film. Um, and honestly, again, I can't recommend this movie enough. I think if you have not seen it, you definitely should. And make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms, at Tea times Reports, at uh, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok. And hopefully YouTube will be coming soon. And stay tuned for a ton of more episodes coming out. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff lined up, Premier League starting uh the NFL is going to be starting there's so much going on so much content that's going to be pumped out and so many episodes that I hope that a lot of you will enjoy and we just have we plan on going nowhere but up with this podcast so stay tuned and definitely um keep showing that support and download listen follow the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on follow our social medias get interactive with us on there you know we really appreciate uh, all of our actual fans out there it's greatly noticed and um You know, we really can't thank you enough. And if you're listening out there, wherever, whenever, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, hoping that you guys have a great rest of your day, night, evening, morning, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. You know, peace be with you.